This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome back to the Womad. We have the Katie Duke with us here today, and I'm so freaking excited. You are such a force on social media. I love following you. I found you through Danny, and just in like the few minutes that we've been talking so far, I'm like, so are we going to be best friends? Can so can we can we hang <laughs> out? Like, what are you guys doing next Friday? <laughs> Katie, when I put out the feelers for guests on this podcast. Like 30 people asked for Katie. Oh, that's awesome. Your little face. I'm serious. Katie Duke. You got to get Katie Duke on. She's so inspiring. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, she's coming. She's booked. She curses a lot. She talks a lot of shit. She's she's a little bit entertaining, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) She's real. She's maybe the realest. Perfect in the woman. Yeah. When yeah, you guys, I, but when you guys launched it, I was like, I was like, God, this is such, I was like, this is such a dope idea. And I was like, man, I, I, I hope they asked me. And I was like, would it be too aggressive if I was like, I'd like to volunteer myself to be on your podcast? It would never. <laughs> do, do, do. I would have totally put in. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> You're like, hi. Like, do you ever get those things at work where they're like, oh, so yeah, so this month we're voting for like nurse, nurse practitioner of the month. I'm like, can I fucking vote for myself? Because right? I bust my ass here. And ain't none of these motherfuckers going to vote for me, but no. I would like to vote for myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always wanted never. to vote for myself for those things too, for like, you know, nurse of the month, nurse of the year, whatever. Right. And it's like, it just puts me back in high school. No one voted me for anything in high school, not like best hair or most likely to succeed or do anything. And it's like, no offense. So I'm kind of like, yeah, look at me now, peeps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at me now. I look back at people I went to high school with, and I mean, they all have kids that are going into high school. And I'm oh, like, oh, yeah, no, my vagina's um, too. I'm that. like, I'm going to move in with my boyfriend soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Christ. Right? Be like, I got, I... I got 200 grand in debt. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I actually paid off my student loans. But oh, that's, that's just amazing. one degree, not two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or no, three, or how many, however many y'all have right now. There's plenty more. Oh, yeah. So I guess, yeah. do I need to introduce myself, I guess, maybe? No. Because we keep getting I'm sidetracked. Gonna, I want to introduce you. Okay, okay. you introduce, you. and then we're doing our lubrication question because we're trying yeah. to be more formatted. Wait, did you say lubrication? It, yes, true. the okay. lube question. I like, I, I already like where this podcast is going. Okay. <laughs> So let- <laughs> I love that your laugh. laugh. Oh my god, that we are gonna laugh. be friends. Sorry, some people, some people get on us for being like, oh my like god, an, they laugh, I, I laugh too much. Like they an old giggle too man, much. Actually, I'm like, <laughs> we're just having a good time. Okay, we're just a good introduce. Time. We are. So today we have Katie Duke. I guess your first title might be social media influencer, inspire. Acute care nurse practitioner that works in a very good hospital in cardiology. And um, what do you not do? You've made a planner. You have a scrub line. You do uh, motivational speaking. You have inspired so many nurses. I, we can all hope to be that way. Let's just put it that way. That's so, so awesome. Yeah, that's how I would introduce you. How would you introduce yourself, Katie? Oh, I 
I appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks, little muffin. Um, <laughs> well, since we're on the uh, the lubricating part of the uh, podcast here, I'm, I'm, I would introduce myself as uh, Katie Duke. I am a um, 38-year-old girl born and raised in St. Louis with a New York attitude, especially when I get pissed off. Um, I ride motorcycle. I got a lot of tattoos. I curse a lot. I've never really been good at following the rules. And, um, I think at the end of the day, I would, I would describe myself as somebody who has made, uh, bad decisions, sort of my success story. And, um, and I think that that's kind of what, what people have known me for, for, you know, some period of time is that I, I'm a firm believer in fuck ups lead to success. And wait, we can oh, cur- yeah. we can curse on here. You right? can curse, yeah, yeah. Well, I better fucking eat. hope so. Um, <laughs> but I I try to not ever put myself in like the nurse box, the nurse practitioner box. Um, I try to keep myself in like the woman's woman box, and I yeah. try to keep myself in an arena where um, people can come to me and they can always have authentic conversation and dialogue that is relatable. And that I'm just like a regular chick at the end of the day. Like, um, I went to a really cool, actually, I went to a really cool event the other night and I was invited by Netflix and it was like a red carpet event. And I was comparing myself to like another influencer blogger, like in New York city. And I'm like, oh, they would have glam squad, professional makeup artist, professional hair, you know, red bottom shoes, some huge gala gown and the whole nine yards and meanwhile I'm like rushing home from the fucking hospital with my rent the runway $36 dress wearing some all those shoes that I've had for five years I didn't have a pedicure and I did my own makeup and hair and I'm like I'm okay with that though I've never Girl, really like I've never really like fit into that like whole you know fashion Same. blogger New York City influencer kind of woman because I think um I'm just not it, you know, like I basically wear the same outfit every day. Um, I, I, I overeat when I get in a boat, when I get emotional and, um, you know, I, I just like to be relatable and be myself. I also have, I also have a problem with like answering questions with really long answers. So feel free to jump in. That's fine. (laughs) That's why so many people love you because you're so real. That's how we all are. And the rest of these people are liars. Like, let's be honest. Listen, I, yeah. So let's just, why don't we just do a little, a few fucking formalities, okay? Over the last um, several years, I have come to know a lot of people in and out of this, like, let's just say this healthcare, like, social media world, this healthcare online community, and I have actually met some of the closest people in my world from this little community. In mm-hmm. fact, my partner, my best friend, her name's Debbie Singer. She's the director of media brands at Strategic Partners. Um, she is one of the most important people in my life. And I met her through social media. I have also met um, some of my partners that I have worked with on some really awesome projects and campaigns, um, like Nicole Thomas, and we're doing this really cool planner and workshop. I met Danielle Levesque, who is like, who's probably like my favorite person to vent to because she understands what it's like to actually like have have like 18 (laughs) jobs. She's fucking amazing. But like, she understands what it's like to have like 18 jobs. That's true. And be like burdened with like $200,000 in student loan debt, which is very which hard. is our situation. But yeah. um, over time, I have also come to meet some fake ass people yeah. and people who are not the same in real life as you are on Instagram. And if there's one thing that really, really irks me, it's that 
people who post unauthentic content, people who post things that they just think other people want to hear. But I, you know, I think that would annoy anybody. But what really like, um, what really, really pisses me off is when you see somebody on Instagram and you've met them in real life, or you have text messages and receipts that prove they are not that person. And I've had that. And I've had that with people who are very much loved on social media and very much, um, you know, popular in their own arenas. And I just think that that is going to regress our community as women. And I think that that is doing a disservice to the people who look up to you, you know, to be an influence. So, you know, yeah, there's fake people everywhere. There's authentic people. And um, I would rather be somebody who's relatable. And I like to deal with other people who are the same. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know where I was going with that answer. I'm kind of lost now, no, but yeah. But like, and I and I almost feel like some of the people that come off as is, or that are being like very fake, just have such a skewed perception of who they're supposed to be. Like they're they're they might be like a really great, wonderful person, but they're trying to portray what they think the world wants them to be. Um, yeah. yeah, they don't either know that, who they are. Yeah. yeah, either that or they're just doing the shit for the wrong reasons. You know how yeah. easy it is yeah. to be somebody yeah. for a paycheck? Money, money. Man, listen, totally. I, you know, and, and again, I would never, I would never, you know, disencourage someone's hustle. I would never discourage somebody from making money to support their themselves, their life, their family, whatever. But I just think that you have such an incorrigible crowd of people online who are looking for guidance and they're looking for authenticity and they're looking for advice on just how to handle everything that life throws at you you know but when I go to somebody's page and I'm like I I don't think I can relate to anything that you're saying that's an automatic turnoff um and when I go to somebody's page and I'm like fuck I can't afford anything that you are buying wearing going I'm like I don't want to fucking follow you got me over here feeling like like some you know like like some unaccomplished you know debt-ridden like poor woman but then when I go to someone's page and I'm like no I met this person in real life she's actually a bitch then I'm you know I I I, I can't deal with that and I'm not afraid to talk about that and the people out there who I've had these instances with you know I've, I've said the same thing to their face you know and I don't think that we should be um I think that we should feel okay to unfollow people I think that we should feel okay to not support um you know some people's um you know missions and drives and that's okay but the great thing about social media is that you have to find your little niche. You have to find the area that gives you what you need to get out of it. And there's mm-hmm. enough bread and room for everybody. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So that's true. Do you got that question before before Katie starts on a rant again? I'm <laughs> no. joking. No, I'm joking. Listen, I love your rant. No, no listen. I'm, I'm like, let's I'm just real, warn I'm everybody real, out there. Katie Duke. Katie Duke is a big fucking ranter. I. I I, I, talk, I talk so much. And you know, the funny thing is my boyfriend is like, oh, yep, you God, you're you're definitely a talker. Is he quiet? He's quiet. He's very like shy. He's he's like he's like a little reserved. And um, and he's just like every day. He's like, so what are your stories for today? Oh, my God. That's what my boyfriend does, Katie. He's quiet, too. And he says he says. How was your day? I know you want to tell me about it. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> that's it. No, that's Amazing. it. That's it. I swear to God, that's it. Okay. Before before we get too off track, this whole podcast episode time. is going to be off track. Just warning you. <laughs> oh no, I know. Like all of them are. I don't know. We've why already I'm fucked up the whole episode. Have some sort of like <laughs> format because it just doesn't work for us because we're not formatable. We people. can't do it. But like, 
Don't no. put baby in a box. Yes, everyone fucking yeah. puts me in a box. Uh, oh, I can't do it. No okay. one puts D in a after, box. After the lubrication question, we are talking boxes. Okay, I want to know, what is your silliest fear? My silliest <laughs> fear? Okay, so I guess we could... Okay, so fear or things that drive me nuts. I guess fear, like something I'm actual, actually scared of. Yeah, like the silliest thing. The stupid silliest thing. I'm mm-hmm. I'm terrified of spiders. I'm uh, so terrified. I'm I'm so terrified of spiders that like I I I will actually have like a full blown like like panic attack. I don't fuck with oh. spiders. I um, kill them and I say I'm sorry. And then I have like unreasonable <laughs> fears. Like for example, when the scrub collection came out, I was like, no one's gonna buy it. It's gonna flop. It's gonna fail. There people are gonna purposely not gonna buy it because it's me. And I was turning into some like paranoid, I was turning into a completely paranoid person. And everyone's like, why are you scared of that? That's totally ridiculous. And then and I, who, how many people bought it? Uh, a lot. An- a lot of enough? people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. they did. Yes. All right. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. You told me. <laughs> yes. You told me so. And I'm just going to shut the hell up. But I think people like when you guys launched the podcast, were you like, oh my God, no one's going to listen. What if nobody listens? Like Uh, when you're passionate about shit, you, you go through those fears in your head. And I think that we're all really good at painting like the worst case scenario. I'm really good at that. Like super good at that. And um, it becomes like a habit because we live in the worst and the worst won't happen. Yeah. And then we also live in this world in this society where it's just like this constant pressure to produce and succeed. And it's like, oh, my God, what if what if no one buys tickets to the workshop? What if no one listens to the podcast? What if nobody buys the scrubs? What if everyone hates the shit? What if what if that? And so um, I would say that silliest fear spiders, most unreasonable fear is that no one's going to support anything that I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Very valid. I feel that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, also don't like bugs at all. Yeah, like, come um, on. Yeah, they're not my thing. But I'd say my my silliest fear is, like, pink eye. Like, people who have, like, <laughs> pink eye. <laughs> Jesus. Pink eye's the worst. Next time I get pink eye, I'm going to FaceTime you every day. No, just, I can't. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to be near it. I... You tell me you have it. I actually was like had a patient a while ago and I was just reading it in the chart that the patient has some eye infection or something. Did I you start sweating? Thing. Yeah, it's not my thing. I oh can't get God. near it. It freaks me out. God. Meanwhile, you can like handle NICU. an open chest just fine. But pink That's eye, fine. you don't That's you don't fuck with pink eye. That's where you draw the line. It's pretty clean. I mean, it's relatively clean inside your heart inside your thoracic cavity yeah pretty much i mean (laughs) no big deal plus or minus but totally totally normal totally normal shit here (laughs) okay so i'm gonna give that like a 10 out of 10 on the silly shit scale so (laughs) congratulations on that what's yours (laughs) d okay i just have to follow up on the pink eye thing real quick because this is just like a really gross story and the baby's fine now obviously but he had this horrific gonorrheal infection in his eye. Like, anytime he opened it, it just, like, started pouring. Like, It was like Dr. Obs- Pimple Popper in your eye. Yeah. It was so That's bad. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, but I can't. It's funny. Yeah, no, okay. No, I can't. Silliest fear. So, you know, like, when you have to, um, 
like a handle and like like those big hand like heavy hospital doors and like you can either grab the handle but like people are gonna push it open from the other side. Yeah. I am terrified that when I grab it, someone's gonna push it and I'm gonna break my hand. <laughs> oh my god! Like 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 uh, like I have to take a deep breath and like listen to make sure there's no one coming like, before I grab god. the door to open it. Okay, it's safe to open. Yeah. Your life is really hard. <laughs> oh really hard. Every time I opened a door. Well, like, just those big, heavy, like, metal doors that, like, you, like, you have to grab that handle and pull, but, like, if someone's And you're gonna, like, like, but what if somebody's, like, slamming through it on the other side? And all well, that's why you have to stop and listen. Yep, that's true. You know, there's, <laughs> there fear. should be some sort of, like, light that goes off that says, hey, someone's about to open the other side. Yeah. You need to invent that. Yep. Or a window. I mean, what the uh, hell? A window. Exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. Screw the fire door. We need a window here. So he doesn't one break thing, our hand. One more thing that people created that didn't work in healthcare. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. I'm scared from so. my Doors hands. Without windows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now I'm trying to think of, like, other shit that I'm scared of. And I don't have tons and tons of things that I'm scared of, but I do have things that really really, I'm like, I can't tolerate this. Like, if my iced coffee oh. does not have the full cup of ice, can't, can't take it. Throw the whole fucking thing away. I, 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 can't, I don't I, even I'll want it. it. I don't even want it. You know, you, you can take this half-ass iced coffee back. I don't want it. I can't drink it. I will pour out coffee because I'm like, I need more ice in here. They're like, ma'am, we put a whole scoop in. I said, did you not see my order? Extra, extra ice. Fill the whole cup up with ice and then put coffee in. It's weird. It's like if it doesn't have a certain sound when I shake it, I'm That's like, the best part. I'm like, I can't drink it. What's I wrong with it. me? I don't if like farm-raised salmon. to like ice shake ratio. <laughs> Wait, farm-raised salmon? Yeah, I mean, I just, every time I go to a restaurant, can I really taste the difference? Sometimes no, because my boyfriend has tested me on it. But like, if it's farm-raised salmon, I don't want it. Listen, um... <laughs> Danny is a strictly wild Atlantic salmon bitch. Let's just let's just note that on the record right now. I don't even know. Like, if they don't know where it's caught, I don't know what ocean. It could be Atlantic. Do they swim in the Pacific? I don't even know. We don't even know. We don't even know where our fish come from. That's right. I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I I think everyone has like little things, um, you know, that they're like, I'm I'm not going to do this. I would do it. Like, I'm the kind of person like. If my food falls on the floor, I don't fucking care. I'm going to get it up and eat it. Nothing ever bad happened to me. Oh, like, not on the hospital like, floor, though. Like, no, no, my floor. Room. My floor, my house. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, like, like whatever. There's When some people are like, I'm not eating the food at the potluck because I don't know how clean Mrs. You know Jane Smith's house was. I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't eat that fucking fried chicken. I'm eating that fucking fried chicken. <laughs> like, people who don't eat the food at the potluck because they think their coworkers like secretly live in some hoarder's roach's house. And I'm like, all right, you know what? You're annoying. Also, people that don't <laughs> like dogs, you're annoying. I'm just, I, I'm true. done with all people like that. <laughs> I'm true. <laughs> this is all true. <laughs> Just thought I would, just thought I would put that out there. Oh my okay. god, you're so funny. Just thought I would put all that out there. <laughs> okay. So, was there supposed to? Yeah, is this a, is this supposed to be like a productive podcast? Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to ruin it. 
Oh, no. You have plenty to talk about. PSA to all the people listening right now, I apologize, but your your mental status is probably going to regress, and you're probably going to be dumber by the end of this episode. (laughs) Absolutely not. You may have learned a few more cuss words, though. Just FYI. We got the Fab Fit, Fab Fit Fun. We got the Fab Fit Fun box. (laughs) And we really liked it. Yes, I I've worked with Fat from before, and they're just these boxes are so cool. There's so many full size products in them. There's even workout equipment in them. Um, I was super excited. I you know I'm not a natural blonde. I process my hair a lot, and <laughs> I know you're laughing. It's fine. Um, but there's a full size bottle of. A Veda's heat protectant serum, which every blonde, every processed blonde needs a heat protectant serum. And I've loved using it. It works so well. And then they had the Shakutre. Oh, that <laughs> might be one of my favorites. Yeah. Your yeah. boards are legendary. They are. It's super nice. Me and the me and the man used it the other night. Uh, and it's one of my hidden talents actually is making a charcuterie board. So, like, such a random thing to come in the box, but we both love it. That's so cool. Very high quality, too. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. So, I'm loving the FabFitFun box. Basically, if you know me, you're going to be getting a year subscription for Christmas. So, uh, you're going to like it, too, whether you want to or not. That's awesome. That's a really sweet gift, actually. Seriously, it's it's so, so nice. So, FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box. So, you get one at least four times a year with each season, fall, winter, spring, and summer. And it's filled with fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. Um, and they usually retail for about $49.99, but the value is always over $200. Yeah, and they're full-size beauty products, not like yeah. little piddly travel-sized. So, no. so much better. And if you use the code WOMED for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com, that's once again the code WOMED for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com, you bring the total down to $39.99. That's which is awesome. So like cheap. it's so you can't beat it. Like when you get this box and you open it up and you're looking at everything, it's not one of those things where you have to like you can only pick one full-size product and send the rest back. You literally get a box full of full-size products. It is everything. Awesome. So, it's so cheap. So, use our our coupon code WOMED for $10 off your first box and go to www.fabfitfun.com. Woo! So I shop online a lot, and so do most of my friends and family members nowadays because it's just so much more convenient than trying to go to a million stores to get exactly what I need. Plus, I can do it from the luxury of my own home, and I don't have to deal with crowds or find out that the one item I wanted was out of stock. But when I get to the end of my online order, I see that little space to enter coupon or discount code, and I never have them. I Google for them, I try them, they don't work, and it just drives me insane. So That's why I love Honey, because Honey solves this problem. Honey is a free browser add-on that saves me money by applying deals automatically to my cart at checkout. I just go about my shopping as usual, and Honey does all the work in the background. 
The other day when I got home from work, I, I realized that I don't have any shampoo and toilet paper, which, you know, this is very typical of me. And so I start my Amazon order. And just like that, you know, honey saves me $7.82. It was like a little present for me whenever I get to the checkout. The average honey user saves about $126 per year. $126. That's like 30 lattes, three new pairs of scrubs, or even a budget flight to go see my co-host Danielle in Nashville. That's why Time Magazine calls honey basically free money. So what I'm telling you is there is no reason not to use honey. It's free to use, installs on your computer in just two clicks, and it'll save you money so you can treat yourself to something nice. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash WOMED. That is joinhoney.com slash WOMED. How did you get started in the whole social media world? Because, because like, people always put us into boxes, and then it's like, okay, well, you're going to be a nurse, you're going to be a nurse practitioner, and then branching out into this other, like, outside the box. Yeah, yeah. So, interesting story. I was actually... um. I was actually um, working at New York Presbyterian Hospital. I was in the uh, I was at New York Presbyterian Hospital while Cornell, which is um, a phenomenal hospital. It's the number one hospital in New York. It's like the number fifth in the country. It's an amazing place. And I was working in the emergency room. It was a level one peds and adult um, trauma center, burn center, hazmat decontamination center. It was like just a sick, sick ER. And we had a staff meeting one night. And the, uh, our director, his name's Brian. Let's just, let's just remember Brian's name for later on in the conversation. So Brian. It's like a Brad Chad and is like, (laughs) listen, uh, Brian calls us all in the break room and he's like, all right guys. So, uh, we're going to make you all wear white scrub tops from now on. And we're like, what kind of fuck shit is this? We work in the (laughs) ER. And then he's like, oh, a lot of fluids. And by the way, ABC is going to be filming a documentary series here at the hospital. And we're like, it's not like they're going to follow the nurses. So why are you telling us? Anyway, flash forward like a week. um, Some of the exec, some of the producers and videographers were walking through the ER and I was in charge. We had like a shit storm of a day. Our census was like 136. Um, It was it, it was it was a mess. And, um, you know, but we were all handling shit and we were all, you know, working together and we had a really cool group of people. One of the videographers came up and said, Hey, yo, can I put a mic on you? I think you got a cool story. I like your attitude. I like that you got tattoos and that you like sandwiches. And I'm like, well, (laughs) you and I are just going to be, you and I are just going to be best friends then, aren't we? Um, and I became a part of this TV show and that was New York med. It was on ABC. It was a primetime series had 36 million viewers the first season. And so after we first started recording uh, for the show, the hospital's public relations department and the staff from ABC were like, you know, you really should promote this on social media. This is 2011. Okay. Let the record reflect 2011. Nobody even knew what really social media was. No. Um, But there were even out in 2011. It was. So, but it was basically just people like sharing photos, like with family and friends. Um, And it was brand spanking new. 
But um, so I started a social media page. I started like a Facebook page, a Twitter page, and I started my Instagram page. And I really had no idea what to post. So I was just sharing stories of what it was like to be, you know, like an ER nurse in New York City and be on this TV show. And, um, you know, we were really encouraged to share um, and promote this show. And I thought it was kind of cool because up until this show, really the only nurses that got on TV were, you know, one of three categories. Nurse Jackie. Yeah, hoes, hoes, dumb dumb sluts that are like trailing behind the doctor and fucking the pharmacist in the break room, or Mm -hmm. they are serial killers, or they are just like the idiot that's like, yes, doctor. And um, I was like, this is a really cool opportunity to represent the profession with a good, positive, um, like accurate representation of what we really do. So I really took to this whole social media thing. So 2011, 2012, I was hosting like Twitter chats and um, little like fun things where like we would have like Twitter after dark conversations about like what happens in the emergency room. I was doing uh, Facebook Q&As, Facebook live sessions. I was like not really posting shit on my Instagram page because I just didn't really know what to post other than like food pictures and break rooms. I just didn't really know what to do. There was no such thing as content. Yeah, And there was no direction. But as time went on, I realized that there is a huge void in the industry, the media industry of like female healthcare personalities. And I was like, maybe I could really keep pushing this and keep going. And so 2012, 2013, um, I was contacted by Scrubs Magazine. And they were like, we are really trying to like revamp and redo our whole website. And we want to make content and stuff that nurses really like so we would like to bring you out to LA and have you write some blogs for us 2013 and we were like well why don't we make some videos too so we started a YouTube channel and we started making blogs and we started working together and then like in um, around like 2014 I was like you know we could do so much more with this and that was when we started doing the very first brand ambassador concept so in 2013 2014 Cherokee Uniforms, Scrubs Magazine, they're both owned by the same company. And myself had this idea, which we called a brand ambassador, where basically they would send me free scrubs, compression socks, stethoscopes, all kinds of stuff. And I would raffle it and give it away on social media in order to get people to follow their page, my page, engage in conversation. And I would go speak at nursing schools and pinning ceremonies, and we would give away branded items. And this was the very first time that, um, even though it's completely common language now, this was the very first time that in our healthcare like world that a brand ambassador or an influencer had ever happened. So we, you know, we don't like, we don't think that it's like a big deal now because it's everywhere. Every brand has ambassadors, every scrub brand, every, every shoe brand, every, everything, but in the fashion world, it's been a normal thing. There've always been fashion influencers, fashion bloggers for much longer, like in WordPress days, much longer than our community. But in our community, that was when it started. And so that was when I really realized that social media could be so much more than just hosting Twitter chats, that this is something that I could actually continue to build a community on. Because one thing I realized was that um, to go along with the void of like female healthcare personalities out there on those platforms, but also that not really a lot of people feel comfortable or have a good support system in their actual employers or their schools. 
or in their real lives. So I was trying to establish that in the online community because like I used to get bullied at work. We, um, I didn't really have a lot of people at work who I could like trust or talk to. And I was just like, you know, this would be cool to have that online. So that uh, you were bullied as a, an RN or an MP or both? Uh, both. Yeah. Did it get I was worse bullied. After the show? Yeah. I was bullied as a nurse really bad um, around the TV show. In fact, okay. both of the other nurses on the show and I were bullied really bad by our colleagues, but more, but more prevalently by our directors. And um, yeah, I actually lost my job over that. But again, yeah. why don't you, we, we, <laughs> I know you've told that story like a thousand times, but uh, would you consider saying what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. I'll, and and I'll, I'll continue to tell it. Um, okay. So we were in, so season one, um, when we were filming the show, there's different types of people, you know, in the ER, there's nurses, techs, residents, attendings, um, EMS, um, support staff. And I had been working at this place for years and years and years. These people were like my family. And, um, I, myself and the other two nurses, Diana and Marina, um, who had also been there quite a long time as well, I was a charge nurse. I precepted like 40 nurses in that emergency room. I was involved in committees and quality projects and everything. That place was like my home. Right. When they started filming for the TV show, that changed everything. And people either went one of three ways. They either didn't really care about it. They're like, oh, I don't care. Do your thing, whatever. Just I don't want to be on TV. Or they thought that it was really awesome. Or they thought, which is what the majority thought, was they were like, get that fucking camera out of my face. I think it's, I, I, I don't agree with what you're doing whatsoever. You're unethical. And this is completely unprofessional. So, um, Which could every, also have a tip of like jealousy in there. Oh, a tip? Of course. The whole fucking dick was jealousy. Not just <laughs> yeah. the tip. Not just the tip. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole yeah. thing. Because I don't care what anybody says. When you bring cameras around... People mm-hmm. change. But oh, yeah. You, yeah. But when you take a baseline, thankless profession such as nursing, and you all of a sudden take three nurses out of, do you know how many nurses were in our department? There was like 90 nurses and 90 wow. female nurses in that department. And if you take only three of them and you all of a sudden give them like public relations and fame and articles and and all these cameras and all this stuff around them, what do you think that's going to be a fucking recipe for? It was like, yeah. it was like, ah, like, yeah. oh my God, it, it was so catty and it was terrible because people who we had worked with and known forever, all of a sudden mm-hmm. were just treating us like, just like shit. And um, yeah. anyway, so we, um, so throughout like filming for the first season, it was really apparent that there were going to be some people who were just going to be jealous because they wanted to be on the show. Yeah. Um, and so we filmed the first season and then they came back the next year and they were like, we want to film again. And everyone got excited because they're like, oh, maybe I'll have a chance to be on it this time. But they said, we're filming the same people. That didn't go over too good. Yeah. Um, so they chose to film the same three nurses. They picked up a few extra physicians and surgeons because some of them have like had moved on to other hospitals. But um, they chose to film the same three nurses. And that really made a lot of people mad because a lot of people yeah. of other people wanted to be on the show anyway. So lots of jealousy started brewing. 
And um, so we're filming season two and I was still posting stuff on social media. I never shared things that, um, that I like, I, w- I wouldn't ever just share like private information. I didn't talk, speak negatively, right. but there also were no rules about anything on social media because it just wasn't a mm-hmm. thing. No hospitals had pages, no brands had pages. Now you walk in every brand, every location has a page, has a, a page, a tag or a hashtag. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't the thing in 2011, 12 and 13. So no, we and I, I never associate with yeah. and anywhere that I work with on, on my social media things. Well, yeah. Um, so in 2013, we start filming for season two and um, about two weeks in, one of our uh, chief residents, his name's Adozi. He and his wife just had a baby. And I was like flipping through his Instagram page one day. And I saw a picture of an empty trauma room that he posted. And I was, I texted him and I was like, yo, was this the, uh, was this the, the subway? Was this the guy that got hit by the subway? It was all over the news and they had filmed it for the TV show. He's like, yeah, he was a traumatic arrest. He survived and he's in the SICU now. I was like, I'm going to repost this picture. This is a dope ass picture. It was just an empty trauma room that had like stuff kind of like spewed all over the place. There weren't Mm -hmm. like limbs laying around. There were no, there wasn't any logos of the hospital. There wasn't like patient patient identifiers. Yeah. Yeah. Like like nothing. So I reposted it from his page and I go back to work like the next week. And um, a girl who used to be my best friend at some point in time in the past, um, who was now one of our clinical managers, she came up to me and she was like, you need to be careful and you need to like watch what you post online. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not really posting anything online except for like break room selfies and shit. Yeah. And um, so I go on about my day. Next day I go back to work and we are filming one of my patient cases and the charge nurse comes up to me and it's like seven o'clock at night. And she's like, Brian wants to see you in his office. And I'm like, why is Brian still here? And she goes, um, I don't know. He just said, take off your microphone and leave your camera guy here and go back to the office. And I was like, I'm getting fired. And she's like, why would you be getting fired? Girl, shut up. You've been here like seven years. And I'm like, I'm getting fired. She's like, you're not getting fired. So I take my mic off. I go back to the office and um, I walk in and there's Brian, Lauren and Rhonda. Lauren was my previous friend who's now our clinical manager. Brian is the director of nursing and Rhonda's the patient care director. And they're sitting in Brian's office and they said, oh, Katie, come on in, have a seat. And I'm like, Ooh. maybe I'm getting a promotion. They're, they're, they're like, they're like looking all happy. And I go in and I'm like, um, I'm like, Hey, what's, uh, what's going on? I was like in the middle of like working up like, like a septic patient. And they're like, mm-hmm. we think you should sit down. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to stand up. What's going on? Yeah. And um, they said, so, you know, you've been here a really long time and you're one of the strongest nurses that we have in this emergency room. And you've done so much for this department. And we just we just think that you are amazing and you've really been an asset here. But um, we don't want you working here anymore. And I was like. You what? (laughs) And um, they said, yeah. So since you've been on this whole TV show thing you you basically like it's like you're trying to become the next Dr. Oz and and you're not you're not going to be Dr. Oz you're just a nurse you're trying to do all of this extra stuff you know all of this social media stuff and you know you're trying to be some big you know media public figure and I want nurses who are going to come here be a nurse and go home 
Oh, my God. Like, was I doing a bad job? No, you weren't. They just said you weren't. Well, that's the thing. I was still really confused because, like, I had never had any, like, clinical write-ups or – I had write-ups mm-hmm. for like tardies and uniform violations, and frankly, I never <laughs> gave a fuck. Shit. Yeah, like yeah. What, yeah. what the fuck ever. Stupid you fucking shit. wear yeah, a hospital shit. t-shirt but, with your scrub um, pants. I was, but I was like the I was one of the strongest nurses in that emergency room, and you can ask anybody mm-hmm. who worked with me to this day. I was a leader. I was very involved. Um, I was um, that place was like my my home. It was my most favorite job I ever had in my whole life, and I was like, what do you, what do you mean you're, you're firing me? And they said, yeah, but you know, in all actuality, we can't just fire you because we don't want you working here anymore. So, um, we're, you know, technically going to fire you because we think you posted something insensitive on social media. And I was like, well, what, what did I post that's insensitive? And he throws this paper across his desk and Lauren looks at me and she like makes this like smirk. And it's a picture of the Instagram post that I reposted from our chief residence page of the empty trauma room. And he's like, yeah, this is like, are you going to fire the chief resident? And I was was like, so are you going to fire the doctor that took the picture too? And he's like, that's not my problem. My concern is you, but this is what we're going to report to human resources. Um, We just think that it's time for you to find another employer. And I, I just remember being like completely shook. I, I just like I I couldn't make sense of it because there were things that happened in that emergency room, like patient safety concerns with other nurses. They never lost their jobs. Um, and, and there were like and like I hadn't it's not like I was there like six months and I'm a fuck up. I was there for seven years. Yeah, I yeah. had more promotions in that emergency room than any other nurse. I was the only one to reach the status of being a nurse clinician. I mm-hmm. was involved in everything like that place. That was the first job I ever had when I left St. Louis. That place was so much more than like a job to me. So this was really fucking me up, especially because I didn't really have something to like point it to. Mm-hmm, and right. um, so I was like, okay, can I like go out? Um, like all my stuff is at the desk, like in the, in, in the recess bay. And they're like, no, actually you need to stay here. They had security come and escort me out the back of the hospital, like through the fire escape. They didn't let me go to my <sighs> locker. They didn't let me go out and talk to anybody. Security brought me my things across the street where they walked me to. And um, I went <sighs> home. I got like a 20-piece chicken McNuggets and a uh, Oreo McFlurry. And I like sat at home on my like shag carpet in the middle of my studio apartment. I was living in Queens at that time. And I was just like shook. I was like, I don't understand what happened. And we were in the middle of filming season two. Yeah. So – as Didn't I'm you like have like leaving, a contract with them too? With who? With ABC? With or? ABC. No, no. Because ABC had a contract with the hospital. And, um, and oh, so you so, didn't have like an individual one? No, no. It was, it's, okay. a, it's a documentary. So it's not, um, it's not like an actual, like a cast, like a cast gotcha. show. So when, when this happened, I, um, you know, I had called my videographer once I got kicked out across the street and I was like, so I just got shit canned. Why don't you um, come out here? And in a nutshell, um, I, you know, was like bawling and I was in tears. I told him what happened and I called my EP Terry Wong and I was like, I just got fired. And he's like, I told you, you need to watch yourself. And I'm like, what? He's like, you're one of those people that likes to stir the pot. 
I told you just to fly low, stay under the radar. And I'm like, but I'm not that kind of girl. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not that kind of person that is just going to like stay low, fly low, stay under the radar. I said that, that, that's not me. He's like, but you just lost your job because of it. I said, no, I lost my fucking job because truthfully, in all actuality, my directors were jealous. And to this day, I can't really point out if they were jealous because I was on the show because there were two other nurses on the show. Neither of them got fired. But then when I look back, I was like, actually, I think what they were jealous of was just that I was taking advantage of the situation and turning it into something else. Mm -hmm. But it still never made sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me today. I just know that they just did not want somebody like me working there who had started to develop a voice and a presence in the media mm-hmm. as a nurse. And I still can't make sense of that. I still don't understand it. It still doesn't like, reg- it still doesn't like register because I just don't think like that. But mm-hmm. um, I called human resources the next day and I filed a huge appeal and I was like, you know, I just don't see how you know, like they can just like fire me. And um, New York state's an at-will employment state. So they can fire you unless you work for a union hospital. They can fire you at any point in time for any reason. And I eventually won a resignation. Um, and then I got a travel contract at another, at another hospital that ABC also had the rights to film at. And so the second season of ABC's New York Med showed me getting fired in the beginning of season two, episode one, and then starting over and starting a new job at the end of the episode, because I thought it was really important that people out there see that one, nurses are disposable. And mm-hmm. many of us have been disposed um, at some point in time in our professional career. But two, getting fired isn't the end of the world. People get fired, people lose their jobs. Um, you know, if you're out there, you know, harming patients, I'm not, you know, that's a totally different situation. But people get fired over things, you know, that they shouldn't be fired over all the time. They could have easily called me in the office and said, Katie, we don't like that you're doing so much stuff on social media. Why don't we talk about this? But mm-hmm. that conversation was never held. They never brought me in and asked me what I was doing or asked me, um, you know, um, to, to talk about, you know, what I was hoping to achieve with the social media presence. They also never called me in and said, hey, we saw this picture. We think it's a little insensitive. So why don't we like, you know, have this conversation and then move forward? None of that yeah. happened. So I wanted people to know that we were disposable. And I also wanted people to see that even if you do lose your job, as long as you keep pushing, you can continue to move on. Mm -hmm. So to this day, you know, um, once that once that show that episode aired, I had an immediate like 50 50 split overnight of people and nurse nurses who hated me thought I was totally unethical. People reported me to the state board. They wrote they wrote complaints about me. They tried, you should, if you go to allnurses.com, there's a forum right there. Do you remember allnurses.com? It's like the old school blog forum. There were so many posts on there and threads about me that I should lose my nursing license. Like, it's crazy. And people started making up all this fake stuff. And then the other side of people were like, why would they fire her over that? That's stupid. Mm -hmm. And so I had, you know, a 50-50 split of people who thought I deserved to go to hell and lose my license. And then the other 50% of people were like, no, listen, like, yeah, she made a mistake. But um, why should she be fired over that? They didn't have to fire her. So I chose to keep pushing on with my social media presence or my side hustle. Back then, I didn't even really know what it was. I didn't have like an exact like goal per se. I didn't have like an exact like end point. I just knew that 
This is something that I felt like I had a calling for. This is something that I felt I had a special gift to do and an opportunity to take. And I just knew that I was taking it. And I didn't really know where I was going with it, but I knew it was going somewhere. But um, yeah, that's that's like what happened around the whole situation. And you you Google things and, you know, half the stuff on Google is not accurate. Um, you know, there's stuff on forums, all kinds of places saying that I like overdosed a patient. Somebody oh wrote on God. a oh my God. When we released my scrubs collection, somebody wrote on some huge Facebook community of like 35,000 nurses that I that she worked with me in the emergency room and that I over sedated a patient by disregarding the doctor's orders. And that's why I was fired. And I'm like, okay, first of all, <laughs> first of all, please, please. Let's, let's talk about nurses who over sedate patients. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just going to leave that at that. But I do want to say one thing about your story. Learning that you are a disposable entity to an institution was also a very valuable lesson to me as well. And I was not technically fired, but I was let go from my favorite job that I ever had. And it was absolutely devastating. And um, I had been a nurse for four years at that point. Obviously, everything worked out. But it was a great lesson to learn to always watch my back, honestly, and never, I always have a plan B. I, especially with my social media presence, I don't feel that I can 100% trust 99.9% of the people that I'm with. Yeah, you know? which is crazy um, because you can trust complete strangers online, but you can't trust the people at your job. It's nuts. And it's, um, it makes your job so hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it but does. It, it's devastating and you come back from it. Uh, and that's a great lesson. I wish I would have known that whenever it happened to me. I thought I was, I thought my world was falling apart. I thought I was not going to be able to pay my bills. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought you'd never get a job again because you have the scarlet, yep. you have the scarlet letter. And even to this yeah. day, I feel like I have the scarlet letter because every interview I ever go in now, I have been in healthcare nursing for over 15 years. I became a nurse in 2004. I started with my associate's degree. I have only worked at top 10 hospitals in the United States my entire career. Barnes Jewish Hospital, St. John's Mercy Medical Center, Mount Sinai Medical Center, New York Presbyterian. I went to Columbia University for grad school. I have very strong street credit. I have very mm -hmm. strong work history. I have good references, stellar references, even at the hospital that I was let go from, that mm -hmm. I wanted resignation from. I have strong references everywhere. I have spoke at keynotes at academic conferences and I have a whole series of, you know, of, of items and, and, and things that I have published in both physicians and nursing journals. I have all these really great resume things, but you know, the only thing, not the only thing, one of the main things that people want to talk about when they do an interview with me. So tell us about your little social media situation. And yeah. I'm just like, damn, did you not see that? Like I, I gave like a, I gave a keynote at Hopkins, like school of nursing years ago. I went to Columbia. I have been working, you know, for five years at such and such hospital and look at my experience. I have certifications. I have this, I have that. How about we talk about those? So I know what it feels like to walk around with that scarlet letter of I got fired or mm -hmm. I'm like a media social media person. And, um, my, my stuff has always been under my real name, which is a blessing and a curse at the same time. Because in our world of like nursing professionals and like nursing academia, 
Um, there's so many people that are just really, really late adopters to the power of social media and influence, but also um, the amount of presence that it should have within our profession. And so even to this day, I have nurse practitioners that I currently work with who despise what I do and who have really tried to like fuck with me at work. And if my boss, thank God for her, if she did not know me and respect me, you know, um, I would, I, I would still be living like under a rocket work and it's really hard, but, um, I, I kind of got off on a rant with that one, but I just want people to know out there that, you know, even if you lose your job for something that you don't think that you should be fired for, there's always some sort of a lesson, even in the shittiest of situations. And I could have easily just went home and been like, fuck that. I'm going back home to St. Louis. I'm done mm -hmm. with nursing this and that. And a lot of people out there have probably felt the same way. And I'm sure Danny, when you, you know, um, were, were let go or forced to leave, that you were probably like, man, I don't even know. Am, am I in the right? Am I doing the right thing? You question, oh, for sure. you question everything. I've thought about it as a, a bedside nurse, a nurse practitioner. I question it often, it seems like, and it waxes and wanes, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just a terrible feeling because you you are torn between two worlds and you love what you do on social media and you love what you do in the hospital. And some people are just absolutely brutal about it. Mm -hmm. and, and it's it's out of jealousy, I'm sure. It's out of like hating other women, insecurities, everything bad. bad. Yep. And people can't reflect upon themselves and like not attack you. Yeah. yeah. Or, so. you know, the other thing that they can't do is they can't pull you aside and say, hey, Danny, I, I don't really know much about social media. I don't have my own pages or anything. But like, tell me what it is that you do. Oh, right. But they not, can go to your blog. What, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Say, exactly. like, um, yeah. what's Danielle posting online? Like, yeah. you know, I saw Katie taking pictures. I saw Katie taking pictures in the back admin hallway. Um, and, you know, but God forbid any any of you fucking come up and ask me, oh, tell me what it is that you do. <laughs> This might be the man. first time. No, that might be the first time we have to bleep a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Perfect. But like, I I don't want to sugarcoat it. It makes yeah. me yeah. angry. And it really, it really pisses me. And I'm a sensitive cancer woman. I'm emotional mm -hmm. as fuck. I'm sensitive. But I also, I will cut a bitch real quick. So don't fucking fuck with me. But the thing that really <laughs> kills me is when people, women, and men don't do this to each other. Men don't they do don't. this. But At women, all. we will be so quick to like rat on somebody or go run to the office or go run to the fucking principal's desk and be like, Katie's taking pictures in the back hallway. Or I saw Katie in the gift shop, you know, recording a video for Instagram. But that person will never, ever come up to me and say, hey, I saw you taking pictures. Tell, yep. me, tell me what you're doing. Because mm -hmm. you know what? If you fucking would have, I would have told you, Sally Reg, I have 111,000 followers who look up to me for <laughs> guidance and advice about how to navigate through life and mm -hmm. personal relationships and body positivity and confidence issues and, and nursing profession um, and education, you know, timelines. And I post things that help other people by sharing my stories. And mm -hmm. if you would have had a half a fucking nut to come up and ask me about that instead of running back to the office and complaining about shit that you are completely ignorant of, maybe we wouldn't have any issues, 
But you know what? No one out there has any fucking balls. Everybody just likes to run back to the office. I'm going to run to the director because you're either jealous, insecure, or you're ignorant. And all those three things can be fixed by having conversation. But you yeah, know what? they're all watching you. Bitches don't want to talk to each yeah. other anymore these days. We just want to go behind each other's backs and be catty and attack each other. And 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 I'm just and I'm done with it. The two NPs at my current job who I had issues with, I pulled them into the office one day, and let me tell you, they were not expecting that. Yeah, and I... it was it was like it was a conversation, and I just said, "So I've been hearing a lot of things that you guys have been saying about me behind my back. So I need to know if we have a problem, and let's talk about it." Because neither of you have ever came up and asked me anything. Mm-hmm. And people like, like it just, it, it kills me because we will try to ruin someone's career instead of having a conversation with them. And if yeah, you don't like what I'm doing, yeah, exactly. And it's like, if, like, if you don't life. like what I'm doing, you have every right to not like what I'm doing, but you, you do not have the right to try to sabotage the, the co- other career that I have built. You know, because right. of your ignorance or your insecurities, and right. um, oh, I, I got all kind, I got all kinds of things that I feel about that because it is one of the most prevalent things in our profession, um, especially for those people who have a social media presence but who also still work, and it's yeah. really, it's really fucking frustrating. So shout out to all the out there. Well, and especially in this this period that we're in, in this in in time where women are so like female empowerment, let's encourage each other. Let's lift each other up. Let's make like, like make the world know how strong women are. And the people that are so loud about that are also so insecure about it and won't actually do that. Like they're, they're too threatened. You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. They won't. It's interesting that you say that because there's, um, I was actually, um, it's funny because there is this, there's a certain woman that I had like some beef with at the beginning of this year. And she is a huge, like empower other women and love yourself and find peace and happiness and, you know, embrace your confidence and your inner purpose and all this stuff. But she then like sent me so many rancid text messages accusing me of like wanting to use her and trying. Uh, and then also told me that like working with me would serve no benefit to her. And I'm just like, God, you, you're like, like, what? And I, I, I really think that it's a shame that there, that women out there have these issues. And I think that social media kind of creates, but also helps these issues at the same time. Yeah. Cause social media can create like monsters. They can create jealous, terrible monsters, mm-hmm. but they can also create really empowering motivational relationships. Yeah. And um, again, going back to me, like I unfollowed tons of people and pages this year because I was like, hi, I, I've already been in like enough domestic violence relationships in my real life. I'm not going to be in unhealthy relationships on social media. Why the fuck am I following these people? Mm-hmm. But again, like when you have that, when you have a presence like that and then you go to work and you're fighting that same pushback and that same ignorance and jealousy with your people at work it's it's really stressful and there have been I live in a constant state of anxiety I live in a constant state of like PTSD you know a couple weeks ago my director called me she texted me she's like can you come to the office really quick I immediately I have like SVT my fucking heart rate was like 180 I had a full-blown panic attack and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god and I was like did I do something? And I go down there 
And she was just going to ask me if I wanted to like precept somebody. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's what you called me for? She's like, yeah, what did you think? I was like, I thought I was getting fired. She's like, <laughs> she's like, you need, you need, you need to chill out. And I'm like, no, you need to not text me things like come to the office. And yeah. she's Scary. like, and, and she's like, why do you live like that? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Why do I live like that? Like, because you had something very traumatic happen to you. Man, listen, I, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it, it's like this constant state of anxiety, PTSD, and, and it's messed up because it all stems from other women's insecurities. issues and insecurities. And when, and how do and we just, fix that? How do we fix that? Um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to fix that. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I think the biggest thing that we have to do is we have to stop being bitches to each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're unhappy and miserable in your own life, keep that shit to yourself. You know, you don't need to destroy somebody else's happiness or somebody, something that somebody else has earned because mm-hmm. of your insecurities, your ignorance or, or your jealousy. But I don't yeah. know why we are like that. Like I, I mean, there's tons of stuff that I don't have. I'm ton- I'm jealous of tons of people on social media. I wish I didn't like have to work full time. I wish I had a nice car. I wish that I um you know had a little more money in my savings account. I wish I owned a home. I wish I had like like a real pair of like designer heels. Oh my god. But I don't sit here and be like fuck that bitch. I'm going to I'm going to call her job and ruin her shit. Right. I'm going to write mm-hmm. some foul stuff about her online or if it's my coworker, I'm not going to be like, yeah, let me let me, let me, let me micromanage her right now. Let me see what I can do to like really, uh, really like mess her whole world up. But there's women out there who are like that. Well, and, you can admit yeah. that you're jealous. You can identify that emotion within yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These other people can't do that. Yeah, that's true. You that's know, true. so it's different. Well, y'all, one episode with the Katie Duke was certainly not enough. Come back next week and you will have part two with our dear love, Katie Duke.